Welcome to the English for Change podcast, a place for you if you are an ambitious English learner and you want to build a confident voice in English so you can make positive change for yourself and the world. My name is Ruth Whittle and I am an English language teacher. Join me here each week as we explore ways you can improve your English and your life and use your voice in English to speak about important global issues. So the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, has passed away recently. As an Irish person, I wanted to give you my two cents, a beautiful way of saying that I wanted to share with you my opinion and point of view on whether or not I am sad about the Queen's death and whether I am interested in the royal family. I will also be sharing with you some vocabulary and expressions as we go along to talk about the Queen. So welcome to this week's podcast and also the second time I am on YouTube for this episode. I'm Ruth Whittle, founder of English for Change, helping you build confident voice in English so you can make a positive difference in your life with better English and also make positive change in the world. So if you know anything about our history in Ireland, you will know at the very minimum that Ireland has had a complicated history with Great Britain, to say the least. Long story short, Great Britain was Ireland's ruler for over 800 years and caused a lot of suffering and brutality. But I can't lie when I say that I have been recently really fascinated with the royal family. I really enjoyed watching Victoria, the TV series. If you haven't watched it, I would highly recommend. I nearly prefer it to the Netflix TV series, The Crown, which is all about Queen Elizabeth's life. But yeah, Victoria, as the name suggests, is all about the life of Queen Victoria and is really fascinating. I'm re-watching The Crown at the moment, which I'm sure a lot of you have been uh, during this period. And also, I've really grown up with Princess Diana. I remember the day she died very distinctly. My mother was completely heartbroken by this death. And I've watched the live coverage of the royal weddings with Prince William and Kate and Meghan and Harry and really enjoyed that. I know that I am not alone or special. Uh, many of my family and friends really enjoy reading about the royals, looking at their style and fashion and everything. So the question remains, do I feel sad about Queen Elizabeth's death? Do I care about the royal family, even though we've had such a complicated history in Ireland? Well, the answer is it's complicated. But let's get into talking about, first of all, the Queen's legacy and then the Irish history. So I just wanted to share with you a little bit about the Queen's legacy, her influence, what she has left behind as uh, the Queen, as uh, someone who has passed on. So as we may all know, she died at the age of 96 in September 2022. And at the very young age of 25 in 1952, she took the crown and was serving through all those decades, seeing so many events, so many political leaders. Queen Elizabeth inherited what was a huge empire at its greatest in 1921. The British Empire was made up of 570 million people. It covered a quarter of the Earth's total landmass, so really huge. But when she took the throne in 1952, the British Empire, which has been blamed for many things in terms of slavery, a lot of brutality, occupation of different lands, including my own land. But at that time, it was slowly diminishing as many countries were becoming independent. So this was the period of decolonization. 
So before the British Empire came to a total end in 1949, the Commonwealth was established. And this was a free association of independent states that came together under the British monarch. And this is what Queen Elizabeth referred throughout her life about visiting Commonwealth countries. So it wasn't about being the ruler of the British Empire at that time. It was more about being the queen, the head of the Commonwealth and countries freely coming into it. I think that is an interesting point. While the British Empire, it was the largest in history, composed of dominions, colonies, mandates and other territories which were acquired since the 16th century, the Commonwealth was now this free association of independent states that were coming together in terms of things like diplomacy and sharing culture. As I am filming this video and recording this podcast, it was the funeral of Queen Elizabeth that was on a Monday. It was a bank holiday for the British people. And it was just an amazing event. I don't think it will ever be seen again. There were people from all over the world coming to attend. There was the emperor and empress of uh, Japan. There was the royal family from Europe, Netherlands, Spain. There was the president of US, the president of France. People from all over the world coming to attend this funeral and pay their respects and celebrate the life of Queen Elizabeth II, a woman that has touched the lives of so many people, who has met so many people. And being this apolitical head of a monarch, head of the state, representing Great Britain at home and abroad, really it shows that like British people are very proud of Queen Elizabeth. So yeah, I, that is just her legacy. And now I want to get into more about my country and our history. It might be a bit confusing to you when you think of the United Kingdom. Like, what is the United Kingdom? What's the difference between all of these countries? Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, Scotland. It's quite confusing, definitely. So being my Irish, my country was part of the British Empire until the 20th century, actually. So if you hear us referring to being from Ireland, it means that we are from the Republic of Ireland or sometimes known as Southern Ireland, which is most of the island of Ireland. It's made up of 26 counties. And Ireland has been an independent state since 1922. We use the currency, the euro. We are part of the European Union. And also our capital city is Dublin. Then if you hear Northern Ireland, that is the six counties in the north of Ireland. The capital of Northern Ireland is Belfast. And you will see the currency will be the pound sterling. And it is no longer part of the European Union since Brexit. So it is ultimately part of the United Kingdom. So the full name of the United Kingdom is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So Northern Ireland is part of that and Ireland is completely independent or it has been since 1922. As I said earlier, Ireland has endured 800 years of British rule. Our native language was the Gaelic language, but we went on to speak English under British rule. And like many other colonial countries like India, for example, the Queen was the symbol of this institution of the British Empire or the King or the Queen, not Queen Elizabeth, but the uh, monarchs before that. So they were the symbols of this institution and this institution was brutal and caused a lot of hardship and suffering for the Irish people. One notable event that you might learn about in Irish history was the Great Hunger 
the Great Irish Famine in the 19th century of 1845, where our population was significantly reduced through our main food, the potato. There was a disease on the potato, so people died of starvation because it was the only thing they relied on to eat. And uh, you would think there was other food available to the Irish, but I'll get to that in a minute. But basically, the uh, population initially was at 8.5 million. And after the famine, it went down to 6.5 million. One million died from the famine and other related diseases. And one million Irish people emigrated to the US, to Australia, England. And one of the realities of this was that Ireland was the subject of Great Britain and that there was a lot of food and crops being produced in Ireland, being an agricultural country like grain, wheat for bread. But this was being exported by the British from Ireland to Great Britain to feed the, the British people. And so that is why the Irish people uh, relied just on this one crop, this one vegetable to eat, and they died of starvation because of that. But people do talk about the famine being like a genocide of the Irish people. And interestingly, as I mentioned about Victoria, the TV series, she visited Ireland after the famine, but she was critiqued for not being very compassionate or having much involvement in the plight of the Irish people at that time. She was known as the famine queen, but not for good reason. So you might ask me, and I'm going to give you this expression as well, quite a particular expression, but a good one that we use from time to time. Do I have a chip on my shoulder about the British people? And this expression, it's quite particular, but we do use sometimes. It really means that you have a feeling of resentment. You may feel a bit inferior from an action that has been done to you. And you may react in an aggressive way. So yeah, I think a lot of Irish people understandably have a chip on their shoulder towards the British. I think like a lot of powerful institutions, unfortunately, they're built on ugly foundations. So I really love the royal family and I love the queen in many ways, but I don't love the institution that she is part of and that she is built on. But a lot of that has gone away with the end of the British Empire and the Commonwealth and all of the charities that she is part of. I wanted to talk about the relationship we have to the Queen, the relationship I have to the Queen in reality, in actual fact. That's a nice expression to say in reality, in actual fact. So the first thing I want to say is that many people have a very intimate relationship. They almost feel like they know the Queen and the royal family. Perhaps the Queen less so because the Queen didn't show much emotion. So many people, yeah, they feel like they know the royal family. They've seen their wedding. They, they see the funeral. They see them going around and talking. They're one of the most filmed and photographed families in the world. But this is called having a parasocial relationship meaning that it is one-sided and we often have this for celebrities, famous people, where we invest a lot of time and energy and we think about these people. We mourn for them when we die, we celebrate them when they have children or they get married. And this was really well explained in a recent video from the YouTuber Lena Norm. So I'm going to link that video in um, the details or description because it really goes in talking about the idea that everybody needs to mourn in Britain at the moment, that 
everybody needs to mourn the queen, even though they didn't really know her, and even though they don't really want to. Some some people don't want to. So yeah, that idea of a parasocial relationship is quite interesting because I think a lot of people feel that way. So the second reality I wanted to talk about related to the royal family, related to Ireland as well, is that like it or not, we have a very strong cultural connection to the United Kingdom. Yeah, for all of the difficult history, Ireland does have so many links. We speak the same language. We have the same sense of humour, which is a very self-deprecating sense of humour and sarcastic sense of humour. And very importantly, we share a lot of the same culture references like music, TV and uh, film. And I don't know if Great Britain sees that because they are the bigger country, but it's more that Ireland absorbs and takes in a lot of British culture simply because we are a smaller country and for TV and music, we have a smaller budget, a smaller pool of people to draw from. So we are very heavily influenced by um, British culture. And I do get that uh, confusion sometimes from people who confuse Ireland with the United Kingdom and think that I'm English and think it's all the same. And if you mix this up with an Irish person, be careful because Irish people can get very annoyed. We don't like being told that we're similar to England. But if I'm really being honest, uh, growing up, I have absorbed a lot of British culture. So finally, I wanted to leave with the idea that the Queen, her fate and her destiny was decided when she was born, basically. She had no choice in what she was destined to do, what she needed to take over after her father, her own father. And so in that way, I think a good expression to use here is that she was damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. This really means that whatever way she went to taking on the crown and being queen, every possible action she took, there was going to be some disadvantage to it. Because whatever she did, someone wouldn't be happy. I think it was very important for her to continue her family tradition. There was a lot of pressure from her family that she was aware of at the time. And I think we must appreciate the values and the character that the Queen was. Her values of dignity, duty and elegance. These are rare values in today's society. And she is really a symbol that British people look up to today that represent the Britain that they want in terms of just keeping calm and carrying on, being kind and being a tolerant country that I believe Great Britain is for the most part. So she symbolizes a lot of good values, even though she may be built on something that has very ugly foundations. And I hope that the future King, King Charles, will have good things for uh, the Great Britain and the world at large as well. I know that he has a huge interest in conservation and the environment. Seeing as people are so obsessed with the royal family, they can do good in the charities that they're involved in, in the issues that they highlight in terms of the environment, in terms of human rights, in terms of people with disability, vulnerable people. So I think that's all good. And I would really just like to also mention that the Queen visited Ireland for the first time that a monarch visited in 100 years. And the President of Ireland at the time said that the visit was magical, that the Queen had made a very special pilgrimage of reconciliation to Ireland. In 1911, 
Queen's grandfather, King George V. He visited Ireland during a time that was very different. We were still under rule by the United Kingdom and we were just pushing towards that freedom and independence. So I think a lot has changed since then. And I, I do think that overall, the royal family has a lot of good that they can do in the world. And I just wanted to finish with what the Queen said when she was first coronated at the age of, I believe, 27, because I think they waited two years before she had the coronation where she was crowned Queen officially. So I'm going to read it. She said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. I think that shows the legacy of an amazing woman that we can all celebrate that worked up to her very death and met so many people, touched so many people, and her legacy will continue with her family. So there were seven key expressions that I shared in this video, and I am going to share them in a PDF that you can download in the show notes or in the description. And I may make a part two video where I break down these expressions again. So watch out for that video as well. Thank you for joining me in this podcast and video today, and I will talk to you in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of English for Change. If you enjoyed this, I would love it if you could leave a review or recommend the show to a friend. See you next time.